Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Friday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham. Anthony Stoltz, appreciate you joining us. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I'll tell you what, Miles Michaelis might not accept our boat names or any nicknames for him, but he still owes us dinner nonetheless for giving him those those uh, pieces of, of advice, Jamie. And I think he can afford the dinner now. <laughs> I think he could afford it before, Anthony. Probably, yeah. Miles Michaelis, two-year contract extension. We know you're listening. 40 million? 40 million total, two-year contract extension. How's he going to make ends meet with that? You got the agent, you got the boat. uh, I mean, the insurance, I'm sure, is pretty high. The gas is is not cheap right now. You can always call Tracy Bibb. Allstate Insurance, the Bibb agency. She'll take care of him. It's no fib that he's in good hands with Tracy Bibb. Tracy handles boats, I'm sure. There's no issue there. Absolutely. So, anyways, Miles Michaelis contract extension. Jamie, your thoughts? Well, I think this one was maybe uh, the most obvious extension coming for the Cardinals. You needed help in your pitching staff for years to come. You had Jordan Montgomery, I think, is the only guy. No, Steven Matz. Steven Matz, Steven yeah. Matz is the only guy you had beyond this year. Yep. That's not great. Typically. I like Steven Matz. Jamie, for those that don't know, typically you have five starters in a rotation, yeah, so, not one. But could Steven Matz pitch every game? Good question. Yeah. No. Well, he's no Bob Gibson, although we already knew that. But either way, Steven Matz, uh, he's part of your rotation for the next couple of years moving forward. Now you have Miles Michaelis as a part of your rotation, too. That feels good. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy. This guy's a machine. Last year, he had a perfect season. For me, I don't expect Miles Michaelis to be out there in the Cy Young discussion, but giving you 200-plus innings and doing the work that he did, he basically, because of the injury to Adam Wainwright, he became Adam Wainwright from the years before, the last couple of years. Yeah. He became the workhorse, leave him out there, doesn't matter, pitch to contact, weak contact. Uh, you know, Him and Waino have that little competition of who can get a strikeout on the slowest pitch or get a guy to ground <laughs> out on the slowest pitch. Like They play this little game with each other. So I'm happy. I'm happy the Cardinals did it. I'm happy Miles Michaelis did it. And quite honestly, the price tag doesn't bother me at all. I I actually think it's under market value for him. Like, if he hit free agency, I think he'd get more. So that's the question, right? Because all of a sudden, everybody cares now about the contract. I saw this on Twitter, and take it for what it's worth. Twitter's just a small sample of how 
people are thinking. What are you talking about? It's religion. <sighs> to some, it might be. I saw this a fair amount. And I'm not even just saying this is Cardinals fans. I'm just saying baseball fans who, who are reacting to the news that Miles Michaelis received a two-year contract extension at 40 mil. So that's 20, obviously math here, 20 million per year. I saw this a fair amount. 20 million? That's what you pay an elite guy. That's what you pay an ace. That's He's ace money. Ace. Right. He is now. It's ace money. Adam it, Wainwright's making 17 and a half It's this not year. ace money. Correct. It's not ace money. It, who's an ace, Anthony? Max Scherzer. And what's he making? 43.3 million on average. <laughs> I would say that you're not paying ace money then to Miles Michaelis. Go ahead, do another one. Uh, who else? Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander. <laughs> million on average. Okay, so... That's ace money. Is it safe to say, Anthony, that an ace would be north of $30 guaranteed? Easily. Okay. Uh, Average, average annual... Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I I know you've got the high end with Scherzer and Verlander. uh, And Otani, whatever the hell he gets, he'll be worth it too. I think he's making 30 mil, but... But we're talking... He's set to make... At least forty-five mil, probably fifty mil per. I think he's going to make sixty. He uh, I, any any number that you throw out right now, I don't know if I'm hesitating. Shohei, whoever your representation is, if they're not getting you a minimum of sixty next year, you call me, okay? And whatever percentage your agent's taking, I'll take one percent less, but I'll get you ten percent more. There you go. Nice selling point, Jamie. <laughs> Scherzer Verlander, average. It, Average annual value, $43.3 million. That's for each guy, okay? So each guy's making $43.3 million on average. DeGrom just got his deal, $37 million. Garrett Cole, who signed a couple of years ago with the Yankees, he's making $36 mil per oh, year. Boy. Shohei's making $30 mil, but, yeah, but that's double that. When Michaelis' contract kicks in next year, Shohei's new contract will also kick in next year, and that Correct. won't be 30. No. Rodon, Carlos Rodon, who just signed with the Yankees this past offseason, 27 mil. Here's the range that you're in. So you say, okay, all right, all right, I get it. He's not making ace money. Well, what is he making? Here's your range. Chris Bassett, who signs this offseason, I think he's making like just north of 21 mil. Did anybody say this offseason that Chris Bassett was overpaid? Probably somebody. I'm sure somebody <laughs> did. Oh, that's a lot of money. But that's kind of the going rate. Now, Chris Bassett. <laughs> I saw what Marty did. Somebody did. Somebody. Somewhere. Chris Bassett, career numbers-wise, are he's he's been a, a shade better than Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis is also making a shade less per per year than Chris Bassett. Clayton Kershaw signed a one-year $20 million deal with the Dodgers. Now, we're talking about this year's version of Clayton Kershaw, not 2015 version of Clayton Kershaw. Joe Musgrove of the Padres, Hunjin Ryu, Charlie Morton, Martin Perez, Lance Lynn. They're all making like 22 mil to about 19 mil per year. That's the range that Miles Michaelis is in. Well, and according to details of this contract it looks like his actual contract is 16 million a year and then he's got a bump this sinus bo- signing bonus okay money that's kicked in there too so i don't know i'd have to i'll call mo okay during the first break i'll have him break it down for me sure mo loves me we're still business partners he doesn't know it but <laughs> i use his name He'll come around. We're selling a new bottled version of the Mo Fashion. Sure, yeah. People love it. Um, yeah. Not great. No, it actually, it. it tastes great, Mo. Thank but you. Let's get let's get past. If you're thinking, well, that's ace money, you're not going to spend that now on on somebody else. 
it's just not the case. It's a two-year deal. It's a good it, it rolled the dice on. I saw somebody else say, you know, why don't you wait till the end of the year? You could have done that, certainly. You only got one guy signed through next that. year. I'm not doing that. No way. Miles Michaelis has another season like he did last year, and he might just say, Yeah, you know, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna explore the market. Now what? Right. No chance. I think this is a great signing by the Cardinals, a great decision by John Mosaylock and the staff, uh, Michael Gersh. To get this done, get get him locked up, and the, the two years, perfect, that's perfect. Yep, keeps you right in the sweet spot to where, if next year's not great, then you're sitting on a one year deal after that. And Anthony, what do you always say? No bad one year deal. There you go, bam. That is gospel. No one year deal. No no one year deal is going to hurt you. No one year deal is going to bury you. Even if you're paying a lot of money, you're you're done with it after a year. That's why there's there's really no such thing as a bad one-year deal. I mean, it sucks for a year, but that's it. Might not work out. Yeah. But the one-year deals, there's 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 limited risk there. I'm not saying no risk, limited risk. Well, it's not your money, Anthony. Why no. would you care? Well, that's the other funny thing, right, right? Jamie? You don't care at all. Well, th- that's <laughs> Jamie, this is the funny thing. You, you bring this up, and I know you're being tongue and tongue and cheaper cheek right now, but like What? You heard me. When you're talking about you know, uh, well, that's way too much money. Do you care about the the Dewitts? I thought Anthony, I thought you're wait now you, you care be about careful, the Dewitts though, because money? people go right away. You know, uh, and I'm on this side too. Is if it's like, oh, it's not my money, but you know, the Dewitts are going to say, well, that's a lot of money. So you got to be careful if you give a guy a lot. You it's know, a good this point because we had this whole conversation about payrolls going up next right. year. Hit it. Well, yeah, it did technically. Ish. Yeah. Eh, we uh, counted some money that maybe. Right. You know, but it went up, so that's why people get on that train. I understand that. that. Fair enough. Take it back. I take it back. Thank you. Take back what I said. Green, 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 green. There's a lot of it. I don't believe, Jamie, that this is going to prevent you from signing people next off season. We'll see, of course, but I don't think this is going to be the fit. The, you didn't just give somebody 40 plus million for the next five years. That hurts. Yeah. And if anybody in Cardinal Nation is upset about this deal, um, you need to evaluate because this is a solid contract. It is below what I think market value would be for Miles. Michaelis out there is a free agent, and you know what you're getting. So this should be celebrated. Now, Mo still has work to do. He's still got to go add pieces to the rotation for yeah. probably this year. I'm, I wasn't here yesterday, Anthony, but I, it wasn't very good news going on around here. Not great. Some guy named Adam Wainwright uh, has got a groin problem now. Well, dude, listen, they were just... You put this month, uh, you, you save a month of Wayno, and then you add it to the back end of the, the year. That's how this works out. Yeah. The innings are going to be there now in the back end. You're fine. You're good. You just put it right in the back end. That's... One way to say it. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's where the innings would be, right? Sure. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday. We have NCAA tournament Sweet 16 action. Pre-game starting at 5 o'clock tonight. Wait, we get off early? Yeah. NCAA that's tournament. Action. That's terrible. I'm going to stick around anyways. That's a good, there was a couple of great games last night. Yeah, Michigan State, Kansas State going into overtime. Kansas State winning that one. Kansas State entered the tournament a lot of people believing that, that that was the most overrated team going in. Now they're now they're an Elite Eight team. Overrate this, they said. You were watching that? Last yes. Night? That was great. It was a great, great yeah. finish. I was watching the Blues put a beating on the Red Wings. Yeah, they are, are the Blues winning at the wrong time? That's next on 101 ESPN. Probably. <laughs>
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You know, you still have to show pride and show that you care and, and uh, keep on building something around here. And just because you trade everyone doesn't mean you feel like you have to lose in the, in the locker room. You know, that's that's not uh, our worries is draft picks and all that. We don't really care about that, to be honest. So we just we're gonna worry about winning, and, and that's all we can focus on. That was Braden Shen following a Blues victory over the Red Wings last night. So they got their, me- their measure of revenge last night over the Red Wings. Jamie, huge win. Yeah. Why are they winning right now? Well, look, the players... They don't care, but... What? They don't care about the... What are you talking about? Draft pick. They care about wow. winning I games and pride. I just spent two days with those players. They care, Anthony. They don't care about the draft pick. No, they don't. They're not thinking about that. No, they're, they're not. They're Quite honestly, some of those guys are, are playing for contracts. Some of them are playing for the ability to stay here in St. Louis because right. there is change is coming. In some shape or form, whether it's a trade, whether it's free agency, whether it's guys that are bought out or whatever, change is coming. So guys are playing hard. They really are. And last night, man, what a roller coaster game because the Blues came out. They were horrible. Honestly, some of the worst hockey I've seen them play recently. And that was bad. Turnover after turnover. I think it was 10 to 1, the shots on goal. The Red Wings are up by two, which brought me to an interesting moment last night watching the game. Was I wanted to see how Joel Hofer handled adversity. Because mm-hmm. a couple things here. His team in front of him was not playing very well. Two, they scored two quick goals early in the game. How was he going to handle that? Were the wheels going to fall off of Joel Hofer? They didn't. They didn't at all. They didn't let another goal until later on in the game where he... Kind of got screwed by the friggin' trapezoid on that one. And the the young guy, he'll learn from that. But I was super impressed with the way Joel Hofer just kind of parked that situation and then kept playing. And then the team responded, too. They started playing better. One thing that I liked about the Blues yesterday, and for those of you that did watch the broadcast, I said it many times, pucks to the net and bodies to the net. Still not nearly enough. But look what happens when you do that. Mm-hmm. You get a puck that goes in off a guy. You get a Braden Shen deflects a puck. You, well, Torpchenko, first of all, it's a seeing eye shot. It just finds its way in through a screen. Braden Shen with a great deflection. Sammy Blay with a rebound goal. Like, how much more proof do you need to shoot the puck and get bodies to the net? So that was one thing I liked as well. But, yeah, to your original question, of, wow, are they winning at the wrong time? <laughs> I mean, when it comes to draft picks, yes. I mean, being in Detroit uh, for the last couple of days and talking to a lot of people within their organization, they're like, hey, why'd you guys let us win the other night? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's, you know, it goes to show you that this is a conversation that's only being had among fans and those that are just kind of Doing it from like a like a flippant reason. Well, can you imagine Anthony coming into work, okay, getting on the radio, and then you refuse to talk sports, um, and you barely have anything to say, and you suck at what you do, 
because you want to lower the rating so you get a higher draft pick. I know, it, right, I know it's yeah, not the same, yeah. but no, nobody, go, to nobody goes into work trying to fail unless they just don't want to be there. If that's the case, then fine, you won't be, and that's like Craig Berube puts a new lineup out there every night, and he wants guys who don't want to fail. He wants guys who want to compete, want to turn this ship around quicker than you know anticipated. So it's tough. Are they winning at the wrong time? From a draft pick standpoint, yes. But from a culture standpoint, moving forward, I think we're learning a lot about this team right now. Well, especially Hofer, like you're saying. Hofer's – so here's my prediction, okay? Um, if I was guiding the ship a little bit here, I think I'd let Hofer play through the weekend – and then I'd send him back to Springfield. Not because he's played poorly, but because now I've got Jordan Bennington that can eat up some of the games, uh, Thomas Grice as well. And if if I can't have Joel Holfer play 90% of the games, I want him to play all the games in Springfield. I already know. Now I've seen a glimpse of it. I'm like, okay, I know what this kid can kind of do. I could be wrong. Okay, I could be wrong. Maybe he lasts for the rest of the season. My prediction, and those people who are listening can write this down. My prediction is that following the weekend, Joel Hofer goes back to Springfield. That's just my prediction. But he's a great building block for you moving forward. Imagine imagine having Bennington and Hofer, and then you've got Thomas, Kyrie. You've got a pretty good nucleus up front. Your rebuild looks, or your retool, it looks better than you thought. Because you get two goalies that can play, two goalies that move the puck well. Like, if you're going to give up high-danger opportunities... What better thing to have to counter that than two two really good goalies? And now the back end has been has become fascinating as well. Nick Letty's playing the best hockey he's played all season. Colin Pareko is as well. Marco Scandella, this is the best hockey I think I've seen out of Marco Scandella. You know, he came here at the uh, when he got traded here, played very well, got himself a contract extension. But we all know it hasn't been great. But in talking to Marco Scandella. He's been injured for most of that time. He had a hip problem, a back problem, and guys try to play through things. And that's sometimes the part that we don't see is injured players battling through injury, and then they're subpar, and we go, that guy sucks. Well, yeah, he's dragging the leg behind him off the ice. You should see what this guy looks like. His back is all screwed up. So my point is Marco Scandella now on the left side at 3.2, I think is what he makes. All of a sudden, that doesn't look bad. You know, and, and Tory Krug is sitting there. You wonder what Doug Armstrong can kind of get done there. If you if you ride it out with Tory Krug, do you pass the torch to Scott Perunovic? Like your defensive core has a lot of options, and the three guys that I think should stay, like no matter what, um, based on his play recently, is Nick Letty, Colton Pareko, and Justin Falk. After that, however Army wants to mix and match and work his defensive core, I think you have enough pieces there to make it good. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about this retool, you know, next year is a year where it could be surprising to where they're fighting for a playoff spot. But then two years from now, I think they're right back at the top of the division, or at least competing at the top of the division. And that's surprising to me because I did not see that coming. And so, again, to back to the original question, are they winning at the wrong time? Um, yes, for draft picks, but not for the retool. Well, I guess the question then becomes, why did it take – this long to have things gel or or is it just a situation where because I think some people might say all right you you the, okay so there's no pressure now there's no pressure pressure's off and now you've now you have guys playing why uh playing playing better why you know is that just just how it goes 
Were guys dealing with injuries throughout the course of the year? What, why there was a whole it... different team, Anthony. Look back at the mid, midway point. You had Tarasenko, you had O'Reilly, you had Barbashev, you had Mikola. You had uncertainty mm-hmm. in your lineup that was looming over the group, and the group wasn't playing well. Your back end was not playing well. It just was not good. And so now you move a few guys out. I'm not saying you got better because you traded those players because, in theory, you got worse based on what they can possibly produce. And and specifically the individual that Ryan O'Reilly and, and, and Ivan Barbashev, what they are to the team, you didn't replace that. But it's weird how it works sometimes. you got the Island of Misfit Toys here right now, and you got some reclamation project. How about Sammy Blay? Yeah, he's played great. Uh, this is a career year for him. And, and I'm watching him play, and he's, he's not slowing down. He's getting better. Every shift, he's getting better. So you've kind of figured out some of the riddle here, not by accident, but kind of like, oh, boy, these guys can play. Kapanen's a pretty good player. Verana, he creates offense. I've watched him very closely over the last handful of games. He has work to do. To me, it's still a work in progress to become what he needs to be to be a top six forward for the St. Louis Blues. Does he get opportunities? Yeah, but some of it is fluff. Some of it is three hard strides, wide shot on net. It's non-consequential because there's nobody in front. It's not a goal-scoring opportunity. He, We'll see. I'm not sitting here saying he's not going to be a great addition. He could be a 25-30 goal scorer by the time the end of next season comes along. But Jake Neighbors is taking big strides out there as well. Torbchenko is improving. Like There is promise out there. Why there wasn't there earlier on, I don't know, but these guys have taken on a bigger role and sometimes that elevates people. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Blues and Kings pregame tomorrow 8.30. Actually, I'm sorry. uh, Blues Ducks tomorrow pregame at 8.30. Blues Kings Sunday pregame at 8.30. You can listen to it all right here on your home of the Blues 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. Back-to-back games Saturday and Sunday as the Blues continue to head toward uh, unfortunately not the playoffs, but the, the wrap of the season. What? It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. I read something today from Katie Wu of The Athletic, and as I was reading through it, I was like, wait a second, why is this still a question? We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He is absolutely going to be a star in the big leagues. 
because it's not only the raw power you're going to get if you're six foot six and 250 pounds, but it's also the bat-to-ball skills. He just rakes. That's Buster Olney, who appeared on the balloon party earlier today. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. He was talking about Jordan Walker. I was reading an article today at the Athletic, Jamie, and it was from a it was a it was a collab of NL Central writers, and they it was really fantasy baseball related. But I got to one portion of it, and and Katie Wu had had wrote this this section, and I thought to myself, wow. What? This is still a debate? What the hell's going on here? What she wrote about Jordan Walker was that the Cardinals, and let me get the, let me let me actually do this instead of just kind of paraphrasing. So this is exactly what she wrote. The Cardinals brass is still debating if Walker makes the opening day roster or not, but he certainly built a case for it. And St. Louis is one of the few organizations that doesn't have a, re- a reputation of manipulating service time. And she's right. They, 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 there's a history here. There. They have never Chris Bryant anybody. They're they're not. They not were, that we know of. I don't think they have. I mean, I think there's there's a pretty good history here of young guys coming up. Them not worrying about manipulating the service time. So she's right. She's right in that regard. Maybe this is a throwaway line, but when I read the Cardinals brass is still debating if Walker makes the opening day roster or not, I about fell out of my chair. Hey, what, what she wrote and what you read. Yeah, but guys, I literally read what she wrote. Let me wow. ask you this, guys. What are <laughs> what have his numbers been recently? He's dipped I feel a little. Like, yeah, because I feel like I haven't heard as much about him. And if that's the case, does it open the door for the Cardinals brass to be like, eh, pump the brakes? You know what's funny about what you just said, Jamie? You and I just, you and I have flipped. Because last we flipped, week, right. last week I said to you, I said, Jamie, you were right all along. This is, this is a done deal. He's going to be on the opening day roster, right? You, because you had said that you're, like, I think he's going to make the opening day roster. You said that before spring training started. And I said, the Cardinals could find a way here, a little loophole at some point to say, well, you know, he's still got a little little left to work on. And what you just said plays into that. They could, after this kid almost hit 400 for the entire spring training, a little bit of a dip here, Anthony. A little bit of a dip here, you'd say, well, he's still got some things to work on. That was what I said at the beginning of spring training. Now I'm lost. So I anticipated someone to suck, too. Like, I didn't think all of them would be playing well. Yeah. Well, they all kind of are. And so that kind of screwed things up a little bit, but then Walker was playing so good, it's like it didn't matter. But now he's not. He's playing fine. But he's not, like, at the pace that he was. So if I'm the Cardinals and I don't have to piss off any of my regular guys and I have an opportunity to send – Walker down because, well, production's dipped a little bit. You know, we've got more of the major league pitchers now, and um, we're seeing a little bit of a slide. Yeah. We get that confidence back up in the minors. If I had the opportunity to do that, and I don't know why I used that voice, but I did. Uh, Is that your Mo voice? No, that was not my Mo voice. I don't know who that was. Gersh? No, it wasn't Gersh either. It was some other analytics guy they have on the staff. Okay. Um, you know, that guy. <laughs> and so <laughs> if I have an opportunity to option a guy to Memphis that everybody kind of expected, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the easy way out. It is. It if is. They... And if somebody then stumbles and he doesn't, you bring him back up. Jamie, if they do that, I'm going to call BS. Why? That's good. That is good baseball operations. Nobody's going to hit 400 for you an entire spring training. in April, Anthony. 
Oh, you could lose one, though. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Not in that division. <laughs> I'll play the division game. You're full of baloney. Oh, Janet, please. He's not going to mean you know it. He's not going to hit 400 all year. He's not going to hit 300 all year. You're going to have the ups and downs. You're going to have your dips throughout the course of a season. This is it's a marathon. Paul Goldschmidt had uh, a rough April, a rough September. He won the MVP. What he did in between. You're going to have your ups and downs. The question is: Has Jordan Walker shown you enough that you can handle big league pitching? And the answer. Is absolutely 100% yes. He has, but has he shown more than every other outfielder who's already somewhat established themselves? I would say yes. Than every one of them? Yes. Have they established themselves yet, though? Because I feel like the whole question Lars all Newbar is an international sensation. I'll Andrew. give you that one. He's grinding I'll give you over Lars. everyone. Marsh. He did. Different continents. He had an entire nation grinding. Yeah. He d- he kind of had the whole world grinding for Absolutely. a little bit. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. But the I other the two. TikToks. A lot of Lars. Those other two guys we have a lot of questions about. Who? Name two. Dylan Carlson <laughs> and Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> I knew you could do it, Andrew. It took me a second. I had to really <laughs> I think like, about it. What are you it. talking about? <laughs> They've had great springs. Jordan Walker belongs on this big league roster. He does. I don't th- look at. I'm the guy that says from the beginning I thought he would be here, but now when I'm seeing a little bit of a decline, I I think it's very Cardinals esque to maneuver the roster so that they don't have to upset any of the regular rostered guys, and at the same time they're not really upsetting Jordan Walker. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. It's Jamie. very. Um, Diplomatic. Yeah, I know. I understand what you're what you're saying, Jamie. It's also very like risk averse, which is totally Cardinals. Exactly. You get the assignment. You say to yourself, "Okay, well, we're gonna put him down in AAA. He hasn't he hasn't seen AAA pitching yet. Yeah, he hasn't gets those guys. He hasn't homered in the last ten or eleven games. So we'll send him to AAA. He'll clean up some stuff, and then he'll come back right back up. No big deal." But to me, after what he has shown this spring, I'm not worried about the slump. You're going to have slumps. Big leaguers have slumps. Does he belong at the big league level? Yes. The the one thing I like is that he carries himself like a big leaguer, too. Absolutely. Which is a huge part of developing. And when you do get in those slumps, and like you said, every player goes through them, it's about how you can get yourself out of that slump. No. It's about battling through adversity, Marsh. Slump buster. Anthony, from the 6-3, that that is way different. And you might find it in Memphis, too. From the 6-3-6, sending Walker down to start the year gives the Cardinals the most roster flexibility at no detriment to the immediate or future performance of the team. Risk-averse. That's what all that means. And they're right. Don't be disgusted with me, Anthony. I didn't make the, the whole rules up. Yeah, I'm trying to win. Okay. I understand, but also, too, one thing we can't overlook is that Jordan Walker's production since his shoulder injury has not been great. So how healthy is he? He's fine. Oh, God. He's fine. I'm so tired of you right now. Roster, You want roster flexibility? You have more roster flexibility with Jordan Walker, the big league level. No, you don't. You have less. No. You Do the math. I t- literally just did. Do the math and then get back to me. Okay. We have what's trending coming up next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right.
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Anthony, you were a little fired up in the office, and it wasn't one of those, Anthony, I don't like your attitude type fired up. No, I actually loved his attitude Loved at this the point. attitude. Can you explain to the people why you were so fired up? I was watching a video, ESPN.com. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, this was in the office, and uh, this was with... You guys around, so well, it was a still. Yeah, Whoa. can you be a little bit more specific, please? Uh, HR was in the building as I was watching this specific video. So, okay, we're good. Yeah. Anyway, so I was watching ESPN.com, and there was a little bit of a debate going on within one of the one of the videos. And uh, RG three Robert Griffin the third was talking about the Lamar Jackson situation. And they were discussing, you know, what's going on? What do you guys think is going on? And RG3 said, and I quote, this is what happens when you rage against the machine. What? Yeah. And I said to myself, great band, bulls on parade, calm like a bomb, testify, let's go RG3, I got you. Apparently he was talking about Lamar Jackson though. Kind of going against the, the grain. Band, no? Nope, he's not. Nope, nope, nope. He's going against the grain when it comes to not having an agent and doing things his oh, way. Oh, no, Anthony. He's got an agent. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently a business partner doesn't count as an agent, which is what, what the NFL said when they released a memo to the NFL teams. But he said, hey, bro, I got your back. I'll call. Now, Lamar's <laughs> denied that. He's like, he's never represented me. Oh, yeah. The teams are making it up. Mm. So he said, he continues to talk, RG3 continues to talk about the situation, and he said how, you know, kind of alluded to agents, you know, protecting the sanctity of the job and their money, and, you know, this is kind of almost alluding to this is what they're doing. These agents are all against Lamar. and The agents are doing it because yep. they're not being used. Right, is what RG3 was huh? alluding to. This is the part that kind of got me fired up, though. He continues, he goes... How is Lamar supposed to contact these teams? How are the teams supposed to contact Lamar? It's not like they they have his number. So what is he supposed to do? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Hire an agent? <laughs> how, how are they going to find his number? <laughs> oh, I don't maybe if he had an agent, they maybe the agent could handle it, Jamie? I don't know. <laughs> but the way RG3 was, like, defending Lamar in this case of, how, how these teams don't have the number. First of all, you think the, the Indianapolis Colts, if they wanted Lamar Jackson, they couldn't get his number, Jamie? Well, I told you guys in the office, like, the NHLPA has all of the NHL players' information. The NFLPA also does. With all the medical coverage and the things that they provide, they know everything. All of your addresses, all of your phone numbers, you name it, they've got it. So if I'm the Colts and I wanted to... Talk to Lamar about a contract. I'd just say, okay, I'll call the NFLPA. Hey, by the way, it's the Indianapolis Colts. It's Jim Irsay. Yeah. I'd like to get Lamar Jackson's phone number, please. Sure. Okay. Yeah, can you, you verify that you are Jim Irsay? Okay, boom. Done. Done deal. They could find it. The, the number, getting the number would be 
It, it, that's that's ridiculous to think that way. I would be shocked if they had a majority of these players like find my iPhone in their database where they know exactly where these players are at all times. Wasn't that a thing in the NBA a while ago? It seemed like they knew exactly where these players were and what they were doing. The bottom line is, Mark, to your point, they can, they can figure they can that figure out, out. And they can figure it out in two in two seconds. Like Jamie said, call the mm-hmm. NFLPA and you got it done. But it was one of, like he made RG3 made one comment, and then I'm like, well, get an agent. And then he made another, I'm like, get an agent. Then, they, then the next one, I'm, then I started to scream, just get an agent. So here's the issue I have is if Lamar, for whatever reason, I don't know why he's reluctant to use an agent unless he just doesn't want to pay the agent, which is wild because if you're trying to get the highest guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL or close to it, do you really care about how much you're paying the agent? Really? That's just pennywise dollar stupid in my opinion. But let's say he's concerned about that. Almost any agent that knows how much Lamar could potentially make would cut their commission in half to work alongside Lamar. You don't want to hire me as your primary go-to? Fine. I'm here as your phone-a-friend. Yeah. I'll sit with you during discussions. I'll call the teams. We'll get them on line one, line two, line three. We'll have the conference call. You can do the talking. I'll do the listening and the writing down of things. And, yeah. you know, then we can talk. and Flat rate. And you pay me flat rate or half of what you pay another agent. And I'll be your partner in this. Yeah. Lamar, what the hell are you doing? The reason Lamar, you, you always go back and say, well, his representatives are really steering him the wrong way. No, they're not. He doesn't have them. It's he himself. has nobody driving the bus except himself, and he's blindfolded. Right. This is not good. And Lamar, here's here's a news flash for you. Whether you have an agent or not, the NFL is trying to correct the market to which the Cleveland Browns absolutely just destroyed with the guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson got. So they're not even going to entertain a similar contract or even close to it right now for Lamar Jackson because the owners realize we have to fix this thing. Yeah. The only team that might disagree with that already has their guy right. named Deshaun Watson. So Lamar needs to get over the Deshaun Watson contract. Take it, throw it out the window, take the next three quarterbacks in payroll or guaranteed money, and there, and build your there. case from there. And Jamie, first of all, you're absolutely right. It is what I've said from the start of this when people kept saying, well, there's something big, even RG3, there's something big going on. Yeah, that's right. You know what it is? Deshaun Watson's contract, which, by the way, just as an aside, was done through, oh, I don't know, an agency. He got that deal through his agent Mm -hmm. who negotiated it with the Browns. So let's just push that aside. But you're absolutely right, Jamie. Go to the next highest QB number. Did Matthew Stafford not get his money? Did Matt Ryan not get his money? Did Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, did any of those guys not get their money and not get more than the next? Did Kirk Cousins not get his money? If you're the next QB up, they're going to reset the market unless you're asking for $230 million. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's what's going on. Oh, it's collusion. Yes, it's collusion against the Deshaun Watson contract. Yeah, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but the owners have absolutely no no need to entertain a contract of that magnitude. Correct. Just like they don't have to offer player X, Y, or Z above market value. 
they have the choice to sign a player for what they want. That's why it's free agency. The player can go pick a team, and the team can pay them whatever the hell they want. Right. If the team says, well, I'm not paying you that much, guess what? No deal. Yep. So this is, But this is why Lamar needs to stoke the fire a little bit here, get an agent. And what that will do is it will actually start to uh, motivate the teams to now talk to him. Oh, mm-hmm. he's got an agent. I'm not talking to... Ken Francis, or whatever. Like, yeah, right. I'm not talking to his, his business partner who runs a fitness equipment place. Yeah, I'm talking to a guy that actually has negotiated contracts. Before. And then maybe we can negotiate uh, yeah. a contract that maybe isn't the guaranteed money that he wants, but he has certain bonuses that he can hit, right. or you know, whatever. And, and listen, real quick on this: if you've been saying, "Well, what are the Colts doing? They don't have Lamar. That what are the Falcons doing? They must like Desmond Ritter more than Lamar." You're missing the point. Yeah. You're missing the point. It's not about what they currently have. How, oh, you're saying they're not interested in Lamar. They're not interested in Lamar at $230 plus million guaranteed. Bottom line. Oh, he's an MVP. If you start comparing the stats to the, the other quarterbacks, you're missing the point. It's moot. It's irrelevant. When it comes to this, absolutely. Is that it, Marsh? No. Uh, Great Sweet 16 (laughs) games last night. We have some Sweet 16 action for you tonight, uh, starting at 5 pregame, coming your way. But uh, Kansas State and Gonzaga move on to the Elite Eight. Two great games. What do you think of them? Well, I thought that one, and obviously the the finish, UCLA comes down, they hit the three, they think Mm -hmm. they're going to win it, and then Gonzaga says, hold my beer, and they wind up up with a a three-pointer of their own. From the logo. Yeah, I mean, that was just like they drew it up, Mm Marshy. That's what the NCAA tournament, those are the the moments you remember, right? But let me me talk two seconds here about Kansas Kansas State. One, they come into the, the tournament, and a lot of people feel like, they're they're overrated. They're overseeded. They're going to bow out early, and the metrics kind of indicated that they're a Big Twelve team. Big Twelve teams, you know, every once in a while you kind of have this big run, but typically Big Twelve teams they don't they don't last. Kansas State, again, based on schedule and all that, people thought they were overrated. Let's push that aside for a second. One, Noel sets the NCAA record last night for assist. I believe he wound up with what nineteen. He had nineteen in the. Best one, in my opinion, was the no-look alley-oop. He was looking at his coach, and they were doing some something that reminded me of the longest yard. They're looking at each other and just whoop, alley-oop, boom. It was awesome. So it he was sets sick. the NCAA assist mark. So Marquise Noel, great story there. He's an, Here's an even better story. His teammate, Keontae Johnson. If you, if you don't remember that name, Keontae Johnson was the player with Florida that collapsed on the court a year and a half ago. Does anybody remember that they were playing Florida State? It was early in the year. He collapsed on the court in a game. It was back in December of 2020. So it was, it was almost a year and a half, two years ago almost. He goes to the hospital. They assess him oh, yeah, as now critical. I remember this. Yes, yep. critical but, but stable condition. Three days, medically induced coma. At Tallahassee Memorial, taken back to Gainesville, Florida, for further treatment. He's he he winds up being uh, awake at, on December fifteenth. He awa- he wakes. Florida and other colleges once once he does re, you know recoup and recover and all that. A lot of colleges say we're not gonna, we're sorry. You're too much of a risk. We we can't take on that risk. Can't take on the insurance and all that. 
winds up at Kansas State. Kansas State takes the takes the flyer on him. He's having a great year. He's having a great tournament. And now he's got Kansas State in the Elite Eight. I mean, that's that story is remarkable from Keontae Johnson. I mean, that's great. Reminds me. Reminds me of somebody. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who the who the athlete was that died on the ice. <laughs> I believe in Croatia. Winds up in a pet cemetery hospital, likely. It's a hospital with the, the cemetery, pet cemetery connected to it. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. Winds up on a slab. <laughs> Awakes after being medically cleared, uh, me- medically determined to be dead. Dies on ice. <laughs> Awakes in this uh, pet hospital slash cemetery, cemetery in a panic. In a panic, <laughs> yes. And winds up. Uh, well, I don't think he played again, but he d- he wanted to. He tried. Holy yeah, he shit. tried. He even lied. <laughs> Our guy Jamie Rivers. <laughs> it's a fast lane on one one at ESPN. There was an article written by Eno Saris of the Athletic the most bold predictions for the MLB season. And Saris admitted this. He goes, you know, there's usually about three of the ten that come come through. He's been doing this the last couple of years. Mm. So three of the ten predictions typically come, come true, these bold predictions that Eno Saris does. There is one Cardinal on the list. What? We'll tell you who that Cardinal is. Only one? And what the what the bold prediction is, which is really interesting. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Eno Saris wrote for The Athletic his 10, excuse me, I get choked up sometimes when I think about this article coming out and I get emotional about it. As you should, Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of big stuff going on. Certainly. I think my water went down the wrong pipe, Jamie. <clears throat> Did it? Yep. Well, why are you pouring it in your nose? That was weird. It's not where it goes? Hmm. I mean, maybe it was just an accident. I mean. It gets in the way sometimes. Sometimes. It's, Jamie, you know. It just happens. You know. Ten MLB bold predictions for the 2023 MLB season. Eno Saris wrote this, and he, and he noted, and I said this to, when we were talking about this last segment, he noted that while last year was a bad year, only two got only two were correct. Typically, three of the predictions are correct. His number one prediction, again, Eno Saris at The Athletic, if you want to check this out, and we won't read the entire article, but we'll go through each one. Mike Trout will set a career high in homers and lead the league. He also has uh, the Padres. That's that's really not bold, though, right? (laughs) The Padres will have the best rotation in baseball this year. That was another bold prediction. Ryan McMahon will hit 30 home runs and be an all-star. Number four, the Baltimore Orioles will make the playoffs. I could could see that. I think that's far off. They almost made it last year. They were an exciting team last year, too. Stacked division. Yeah, true. They're the anti-NL Central. They're the opposite. (laughs) They're in a gauntlet. O'Neal Cruz. The defensive end that plays shortstop for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates goes 30 for 30 in his first full MLB season. Oh, I think that's definitely doable. Number six, Riley Green breaks out and goes 2010. Corey Seager wins the AL MVP. He also has Hunter Green, Nick Lilodu, and Graham Ashcraft are the best young big three in 15 years. Now, that's the Reds, so we don't want that one to come through. That's a, that's that, that's the top Reds uh, guys. 
Kevin Gaussman will win the AL Cy Young Award. And then, one more. Newt. Newt. Newt will be a top 25 hitter in the big leagues. Top 25 on the team? Uh, no, big leagues. <laughs> in all of baseball? Eno Saris writes... The National lo- League? Nope. All Listen, the big leagues. All of baseball? That would include the AL and the NL, Jamie. Well, Jesus, that's not going to hook up very good with Grant Hamzinger's odd man out. <laughs> <laughs> Did Eno Saris talk to Hamzinger or not? Do you think that he? Do you think that Eno Saris is also battling with Amzinger right now, and Amzinger still doesn't know it? I think there are a lot of people that are. Yeah, I mean Lars Newbar will be a top twenty five. Like, thanks, Greg. Right? No kidding. Appreciate you, <laughs> Lars Newbar, top twenty five hitter in the big leagues. Said hitters can be used. Uh, hitters can use weighted implements to increase their bat speed, just like uh, pitchers can use weighted balls. Jamie, you know about that. And so Lars Newbar went to drive line before last season and went on a mission to increase his bat speed. He nearly tripled his barrel rate and increased his maximum maximum exit velocity by three and a half ticks. If you didn't realize it, you know, Saris is a heavy, heavy analytics guy. Oh, they're going to say something else. No. He's already, he's already uh, on a great list. Here are all the players with at least 300 plate appearances last year that were in the top quartile of the league in both contact rate and barrel rate. Guys like Jordan Alvarez, Juan Soto, Carlos Correa, uh, Daniel Vogelbach, the softball player. Oh, Vogie. Brandon Drury, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Lars Newbar. He's on that list. Imagine that. We could have had Juan Soto and Lars Newbar in the outfield together. Man. Wow. Just gave up DC. That's all you need, need to, to do. do. We, do you think we're overselling things? I mean, this is a bold prediction. But I think we're way out above our skis right now. I feel like we're good. we're getting into that territory. I think the hype is definitely outweighing the reality, and I don't I don't mean that in a negative way. I really don't. But I worry that the expectations for Lars get so incredible that the player implodes inadvertently because he's like, oh my gosh, like. I won the World Baseball Classic. Shohei Otani is my new bestie. And the whole world is grinding now because of me. And I went over 14 here in the last mm-hmm. series. Well, what am I going to do? I, I got to live up to expectations. Right. Maybe not. Maybe he thrives with it. Maybe he's like, ah, I told you guys. I knew this was coming. Maybe he thrives with it. There's two ways to go with it. I just worry that the expectations are being set a little high. Yeah. Because we're only talking about the, you know, the, the post All Star break, that was that's our sample of Lars Newbar, and that sample grew into you know he became this international superstar because he's got a big personality. He did play well in the WBC, played very well. And as you know, Sarah said the the work that he did in the off season trying to improve his bat speed and all that, there is some analytics to encourage. That Lars Newbar will have this this big season, but again, I feel like it, we're not talking about Jordan Walker, who's who's coming up and he's a big prospect, and it's like everybody in the league says, okay, we see this we see this this kid coming. Lars Newbar has never been a top prospect. He's he's he kind of was viewed as well, you know, at some point maybe fourth fifth outfielder down the road, utility type player, maybe he'd stick around as a backup, and now it's like ah, oh, top twenty five hitter in the league. I realize Eno Saris is making a bold prediction, but I'm yeah. with you, Jamie. It just it just feels like we're getting a little ahead of ourselves now. I think this one's gonna miss. And I don't want it to. I certainly don't I don't ever cheer against the Cardinals or any of their players, ever. But I also have to be 
in my opinion, for me, somewhat realistic to be a top 25 hitter. Anthony, look at the guys in Major League Baseball. Like, there's guys, two or three guys on every single team that could potentially be in the top 25. Right. Maybe except for maybe a couple of teams in the league. But for the most part. It's not real teams. Like yeah, the A's. I don't know. Yeah, you know. minor league team. But like, but on the, the counter argument to that is some of the teams have like four guys that could be in that. So I, I think this one's a stretch. Um, you know, but hey, what the hell? I'd love to see it happen. I would love to be proved wrong. At least he's getting some national some national looks here. International. International as well. Three. If you don't think everybody in Japan is dialed in now, by the way. Oh, yeah. They are dialed in for Lars Nupar. Wherever he plays, whatever's going on, the Cardinals' viewership from the 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 country of Japan, I think, is going to like go through the roof. They're going to be watching the Angels for obvious reasons. They're going to be watching the Cardinals yep. for obvious reasons. I mean, very. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Absolutely, we've seen this. We've seen this with other international players mm-hmm. uh, from Japan. So. That makes sense. We have our guy Chief coming up at three forty-five. Yeah, Greg Ruby. flying all day to Anaheim, and he's those still... guys flew to Anaheim on their beautiful chartered flight. I flew back from Detroit on a jam-packed Southwest flight. Hey, you made it. Southwest did a great job, but they the guy at the gate's like, there are one hundred and seventy-five seats on this plane, and one hundred and seventy-five seats are taken. So, <laughs> don't worry about putting your bag on the middle seat, trying to block that for a friend. Nope. Everybody's riding. Yep, back in. <laughs> this guy was awesome. He, he goes, if you have an A or a B on your ticket, probably means you're getting a window or an aisle. If you have a C, well, see yourself to the middle seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My brother, my brother's a pilot, or my brother, my brother-in-law is a pilot, pilot for uh, South Pirate? No. You well, said maybe at some point. Is it his boat now? No, pilot. He's a pilot. Yeah. For where? Southwest. Come on. Really? Yeah. Why don't you offer me free flights? Yeah, they get that stuff, I don't right? Get free flights. Friends of pilots, it's called, or something like that. Oh yeah, the uh, F. Yeah, the FOP. Yeah, you the know F-O-P. me. <laughs> T-shirts available. Sure. Three thirteen. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We got our sports six pack coming up. Yeah, Chief is gonna is gonna join us at three forty five. Coming up next, so we got our sports six pack. So if you got a question for us, three three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. That's next in the Fast Lane on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Here's Andrew Marsh. Question number one. From the 636. <laughs> Jamie just sat down. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. As you were. It's okay, Jamie. You are forgiven. From the 636, <laughs> would you guys consider hunting and fishing a sport? Just curious uh, if that's your opinion. Of <sighs> your opinion. It's an outdoor yeah, would... activity. Is it a sport? Sport. I would I would put them in the hmm. uh, the out the outdoor sport category. Yeah, like hunting for sport. You know, yeah, like, like if you, wouldn't you like if you're hunting a human being out in the wild or something like that, like yeah. uh, surviving the game. Yeah, that's a sport. This documentary I saw one time yeah. where they had one individual who had no idea um, 
on an island with them. He's a, he's a homeless person. Yeah, homeless person. And they, um, they said, oh, we're taking on a trip. We're going hunting. You are the hunted. What? Well, he, they didn't know. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. Yeah. Until they got there. And they said, by the way, you are the hunted. Yep. It was really I saw this documentary as well, something similar, except for they chose two different people from like 12 or so different factions to compete in a battle royale where they had to. Yeah. I heard about Mm. that. Is that, but it was like children. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I could do, I don't know if I could watch that documentary. There's actually a few of them too. A revolution was started actually. Wow. Uh-huh. There's a lot of good huh. documentaries out these days. So, mm-hmm. so fishing and hunting. I, what defines a sport? Because, like, we have other sports that are out there that I don't know if they're sports or not. And I feel like hunting should be a sport, but I don't know how much physical activity is involved in it. I mean, you're for a good shot. You're a good hunter. Doesn't mean you're in great shape or you can compete at a high level as far as athleticism is concerned. But I respect the heck out of the guy who can get out there and get his kill. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is bowling a sport though? But there's a lot, there's movement in bowling. There's the whole like steps up. You know, you got to make sure you throw it the right way, full extension. There's a fishing, lot. Is, so is fishing a sport? Well, there's more casting involved. <laughs> you know, like you're throwing that lure out there. Now, if you're trout fishing, you got the little trout lure, and you're doing the whole. Get your hip waders. You want to make sure the water doesn't get in those. Sure. Boy, it's hard to get out of the water then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna know. say yes. I'm gonna say hunting and fishing are. Sports. I mean, I'll give it to those guys for sure. Those yeah. women, whoever's the hunting, hunting and fishing, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. I feel like physical, like physical activity, competing against other people, should be considered a sport, right? But are you competing against someone if you're hunting? I guess. If well, you're yeah, you have to have a, a winner. Like, but, what's the point? Otherwise, it's well, just an activity. Well, you go hunting every year and you got your, your deer tags. You're not competing against anybody. Well, then it's not a that's not a sport that you're doing it as a leisure activity. That would be a hobby. A hobby. I know. That's where yeah. that, that's but literally there are the competition. competition. Yeah. There are. And there's fishing trophies yeah. and tournaments yeah. and things like that. I'll say so. I'll say those things. Those, those events are uh, sports. But when Marsh yes. does it, when Marsh does it on the weekends with his buddies, right? Not a sport. Not a sport. Okay. Now so if we, his buddies turn on him and say, "Now we're going to hunt you," like that documentary Jamie and I were yeah. talking about, then it becomes a sport. Mm-hmm. So from FedEx Brian, uh, he says, "Jamie, I love you, bud. Uh, seriously, seriously, do." But I'm going to say that hunting is definitely a sport, especially when you're dragging a 180 to 200 pound buck out to the woods, hmm, or out of the woods. Yeah. That's why you have kids. Are we, <laughs> are we disrespecting these sports? We got a text no. from 636. Don't disrespect professional fishing like that. The Bassmaster Classic Super Bowl of Bass Fishing just started today. Fishing is a sport. I agree. We all, we're all saying we it's a sport. Just said that. The three of us are saying it's the a sport. I, the one I had question marks more was the, the hunting one. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess same theory applies. And we did. We literally said we're going to put the sport tag on both of them. Yeah. So we agree. Maybe those competitions should also include like piranha, so the so the fish have a a chance. So like, why why would you fishing for piranha? Yeah. Well, you Mm. don't. But it's a sport. Yeah. You get eaten, Mm. you lose. 
Yeah, but if you're fishing yeah. for them, you wouldn't get eaten unless you had to stand in the you water. Have to, you have to stand yeah. in the water. You got to catch them with a net or your hands. I wouldn't recommend hands. No, I wouldn't either. That's something to think about, Jamie. It is. Sponsorship available for our tournament. Presented by the Fastlane. <laughs> Sorry. Question number two. Sorry. No insurance. <laughs> and a waiver must be signed. All right, guys. Question number two from the 573. What are some realistic pitching targets for the cards at the tread at the trade deadline that could be a number one starter? Well, hey, don't listen to what Jamie and I have to say. How about what Buster only said earlier on the balloon party about who could be available? There's no doubt about it. No team has a better stable, major league ready prospects, guys who are going to be everyday players in the big leagues than the Cardinals. You know, when we get to the deadline, if Corbin Burns is available, I feel like the Brewers are a team that's progressive enough that if there was a gap between the Brewers and the Cardinals, the division, it wouldn't shock me if the, the Brewers are willing to deal with the Cardinals to make a trade. And of course, you know, the guy who everyone's going to be watching leading up the trade deadline in terms of available starting pitchers is going to be Shohei Otani. Their owner has made it clear he's not trading Shohei, and I have my doubts as to whether or not he would under any circumstance. But if the Angels ever do that, and that was the advice of the front office to the owner last summer, it's time to trade Shohei. If they do that, then the Cardinals are going to be in a great position to take because of that that depth they have it. There you go. Wow. Cardinals got the depth to go get Shohei Otani or Corbin Burns at the deadline. Okay, they literally do have the depth to get either of those guys if they want it. The problem is, is they financially may not want to pay those guys what they're worth. That could be tough. If you had your choice. Shohei. But I'm not saying dollar for dollar here. Shohei. So if you, Anthony, try to think intelligently for a second here, okay? You're, I just gave you the Cardinals. You're the owner of the Cardinals right now. Yeah. And you had your choice of Corbin Burns at, let's say, three years, $90 million, mm-hmm. or Shohei Otani at three years, $150 million. Shohei Otani. All right. Let's go get him. It's not even close. I know it's not, but I thought every now and then you have brain farts, and it's fun to watch you work out of those. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is, Jamie. Uh, another name that everybody keeps throwing out is is Shane Bieber. A lot of people like Shane Bieber. That guy hasn't had an album in years. Well, nope, that's uh, that's somebody different. Oh, okay. Yeah, completely different person. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Shane, Shane Bieber is, you know, he pitches for the Guardians. So if the Guardians are still in contention, I, 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 Shane Bieber isn't going to be available. But that's the name I Did think a lot of people are going to say. Guardi- oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I, I thought you were talking about the Nationals for a second. Oh, I don't know why. No, yeah, they're definitely not going to be in contention. No, the other guys that would that would be great, but you're dealing with the same thing. You know, you got Julio Urias of the Dodgers, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. You have um, Aaron Nola, who's going to be a free agent next year, but they they pitch for the Phillies and the Dodgers respectively, and those guys those guys are going to be in contention most likely. So Shane Bieber, and then you've got your high end rentals, guys like Shohei Otani. I don't think Corbin Burns is going to be available to the Cardinals. I'm sure the Brewers are going to put are going to make him available to the rest of the league. Yeah, but his contract is up after this year, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So even if he gets traded, he's still available to the Cardinals in the off season. He would be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only way you get him if you're the Cardinals because there's no chance of no. I can't see the Brewers ever making that trade. Agreed.
Nor would you want to make the trade with the prospects that you have or whatever you're supposed to part with because those guys are probably going to be pretty good too. He does have one year. I'm sorry. He, it looks like Burns has one year left of arbitration. So he doesn't become an unrestricted free agent until 2025. Excuse me. Oh. So no, you would have, if you want him, you, you got to trade. And yeah, that's... I agree, Jim. I don't think that's going to happen. Nope. Question number three. From the 636, we talked about Lamar Jackson a little bit ago. Is there a roster... That is a Lamar Jackson away from being a Super Bowl contender. There's probably a couple of them, Anthony. So a team that would want Lamar, have a need a quarterback that would be a Super Bowl contender. They're right there. All they're missing is a Lamar Jackson. It would have to be in the NFC. Why? Um, it wouldn't have to be, excuse me. Looking at the NFC. And not considering contracts and cap space and all that stuff, Tampa. That's what I was thinking too right away. But they got Baker Mayfield now, so. (laughs) They're set. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, they're set. Tampa's offensive line's back intact for the most part anyways. A lot of their guys. A lot of weapons available. I mean, honestly, I think Tom Brady retired one one year too early. Probably. I think had he stuck around for this year, that that team would would be a playoff team again. Yeah. But Tampa's cap space obviously wouldn't allow that. How about Minnesota? No. If, you could, if you could move on from Kirk. There's one answer and one answer only. That if you drop Lamar Jackson under center for this team, they're guaranteed to get to the Super Bowl. The San Francisco 49ers. Yep. With all the weapons that they have there, the defense that they have there, you drop Lamar Jackson into that lineup, that team mops. Yes. Mops the NFC. Well, they got Sam Darnold, so. Yeah. Like I said. It stinks. <laughs> what about Green Bay? Anthony, stop. Oh, they got Jordan Love. They got Aaron Rodgers, Anthony. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> well, we've been saying that for how long now? About three years. Again, the contract the contract wouldn't work with what these teams have. But if you start in the NFC, there's, there's one in like every division. Tampa, Green Bay, San Francisco, like Jamie's saying. Uh, I mean, the Giants just... You know, if they didn't if they didn't sign Danny Dimes, him and Saquon could do some damage. True. But there's a lot of teams that would be, I mean, instant playoff contenders, if not instant Super Bowl contenders with Lamar. What do you think of the Texans trading down and then signing Lamar Jackson? Having him be their quarterback instead of drafting one, and then mm. they get more picks to bolster their roster. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that idea at all. And you're in the AFC South, which isn't the yeah, best. The Jags. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's I think that would be really smart. Mm-hmm. And Boy, think- CJ Stroud apparently has tilted the market here with his combine and his pro day. Listen to those guys talk. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now it was his pro day, right? Which means he set up everything for what he does really well. So we'll see once teams get the the private workouts. If that changes any, but C.J. Stroud seems to be the front runner right now. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Is Jordan Hicks still an option to start at some point? He sure wants to. Where? What? That's next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Craig Ruby will join us at 4.15. He's traveling today, so we originally said 3.45, but he's traveling. So I want to accommodate things for Chief, make things flexible, and 4.15. had a long flight today. With the winds coming from the west, apparently it's ordinarily like a four, four and a half hour flight to Anaheim and from Detroit. Like five and a half hours today. Really? Tough one. He'll be ready to go, though. Good thing I was on my southwest flight from Detroit straight to St. Louis. That's right. How long did that take? Longer than it should have, actually. Two and a half or so? That's usually an hour and 15, but this is like an hour and 45 today. I don't know if they were Mm. buying time or weather. Glad you're here, though. Yeah, me too, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I really miss you. <laughs> Sounds like it. I did. What the hell? I can't even say anything <laughs> nice anymore. Do you not miss Jamie? Right. Thank Always. you. You're supposed to say I missed you too, yeah. right, Andrew? I didn't hear it. Always. I, I don't hear it, and I certainly don't believe it. I missed you, Jamie. I don't believe that at Anytime all. Anytime we're not together, I miss you. Okay, now that's really pushing it. We have your chance every day this week to win a pair of lawn tickets to see God, Soup Dog with Wiz Khalifa, <laughs> Too Short, Warren G, and more. They're going to be at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on July 16th. Tickets are now on sale. Or, hey, you can be the winner right now via the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. With the correct answer and the 101st texter, you will win those tickets. Here's your question today. Snoop Dogg did a cooking show at one point with a famous celebrity who's the celebrity if you have the correct answer text in 314-399-9646 you have an opportunity to go see snoop dogg and company on july 16th it was actually kind of fun i watched that show a couple times Not it was bad. fun it was uh like a modern day odd couple anthony that's a hint a little bit of a hint there for you jordan hicks says that he would still like the opportunity to start for the uh, for the Cardinals. He had his opportunity last start year. What? Oh, start uh, games. I thought he just wanted to start an inning clean because that's what he said. I just like to come in with nobody on base. Well, wouldn't we all, Jordan? Wouldn't we all? <laughs> just go Sorry. out there. I've been meaning to talk about that for a while. A clean record there. Yep. Jordan Hicks, healthy, happy, key piece of the Cardinals bullpen, writes John Denton. But if you scroll through the article that he posted at MLB.com. Eventually, John Denton asked if he felt like he, if that Jordan Hicks got a fair opportunity to start. And he said, no, I don't feel like I got my fair shot of starting. I didn't come in built up. I built up during the season. I don't agree with people who came, came up and say, you feel like you got the starting bug out. Are you done starting? I don't have an ambition to start or want to start because it's not in the plans right now. Things aren't lining up for that this season. But down the road, sure, this year I'm prepping for relieving, and why would I want to go back to do something else? Overall, I'm in a good position. I'm happy to be in the bullpen right now. So there's no question about Jordan Hicks and his role for this year. But as we talk about the Cardinals starting rotation on a day where Miles Michaelis did sign a two-year contract extension for uh, $40 million overall, yeah. they still have three spots open next year, and we don't know how things are going to play out. Do you envision at all Jordan Hicks eventually – Having another chance to, to, to be a starter? I really don't. I don't. I, I feel like he had his opportunity. First of all, I felt like it was a long shot to begin with. I think Jordan Hicks is a an inning guy. Like one inning. And even when he's out there, like for, for whatever reason, this is the most puzzling thing for me, is hitters seem to time him up relatively easy. 
Yeah, like, the, the spin, there's there's not a lot of spin. Like whatever it is that is going on, like he throws absolute fire, but every time he's up, like, whoa, you're like, that guy got a hold of that one. Oh, he pulled it foul, but they've got him timed up. Right. I don't see him being a starter. I don't see him going two and three innings. I just don't. I see him being a one, maybe two inning guy. Somewhere in the middle, maybe he's your second, your first guy out of the bullpen. You want to come in at the sixth inning, maybe play, pitch him the sixth or seventh or the seventh and the eighth, and yeah. then you bring in your closer. I I just don't see him being able to be consistent enough, and I don't see him being good enough, quite honestly, with his stuff. Even though his stuff is amazing, it gets timed up. Guys figure it out quickly. So imagine the second time through. The, the lineup? Yeah. Nah, no, I'm not I, – I would say no. By the way, if you want to participate, you want to play in the gauntlet, we still need a gauntlet contest contestant, so feel free to text in right now if you want to, you know, have an opportunity to take on the three of us today. That's why one of us. What happened yesterday? BT won. Wow, good job, BT. Yeah, BT stepped in. He won, so he was good. He won in football. Did he? Yep. Look at that guy. 314-399-9646 is the text line. So, again, if you want to participate in the gauntlet, just text in gauntlet. You, you have your chance. But I, I'm with you, Jamie. Jordan Hicks, one, I think, from the from an injury standpoint, from a stamina standpoint, could Jordan Hicks build up to be a starter? Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't he think tried that's, that already, Anthony. He did. I don't think that's an issue as much as what you're saying. In that, is this somebody that can that can face a lineup unscathed two times? And a lot of guys aren't going three. Max Scherzer, J- Justin Verlander. Miles Michaelis. Miles Michaelis, of course, it's our guy. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of starters these days aren't aren't seeing three times through the lineup. You're not getting that chance. They're just pulling you. So Jordan Hicks could he, could he be somebody that gets th- twice through the lineup? Now with a three pitch three pitch repertoire that that has you know fastball that he uses 66 percent of the time, a slider that he uses 31 percent of the time, and a changeup that he only uses twice. Or 2%, I should what say. What are you on right now? What side are you uh, on? Baseball savant. Okay, do they have a uh, barrel rate on Jordan Hicks? Last year, it wasn't It wasn't that bad. It was okay. 50, 56, which is slightly above average. 50 would be average. And what's the exit velo, average exit velo? On his hit, uh, 83th percentile. All so right. actually pretty high. Yeah, but that was that was last year. I mean, we can, we can look at... You know, previous seasons, if you want to kind of dive into the, the baseball savant numbers. Well, last year was really the year where they experimented with him starting a little bit. Yeah. So, I just don't see it, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off. Text line, of course, is always open. Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. If you agree with us or disagree, always let us know. You've got a voice uh, here on the text line. But I just don't think he's a starter. You know, where is he most effective for the Cardinals? I think, the he's, I think he's most effective out of the bullpen. I think he's most effective. You get him in a spot, you know, maybe it's a seventh inning. Maybe that winds up being his his inning more times than not. Mm-hmm. You got Geo for the eighth. You got Ryan Helsley for the ninth. And things set up pretty well for you. That doesn't mean that Gallegos can't close for you at some point. Or Hicks can't close for you at some point. I think this is going to be a bit of a revolving situation because Ryan Helsley doesn't seem to be that guy that can pitch back to back effect back to back games effectively. So I think you're gonna get you're gonna see those those three high leverage arms be rotate a lot in the later innings, depending on the matchup, where guys are in the season, health wise, and all that. I do not see Jordan Hicks being a starter for the Cardinals, though. I'm with you on that. 
So we do have the gauntlet in 15 minutes. Again, Craig Berube not joining us at 345. 4.15 will be the time that we talk to Chief. So let's talk about the Blues, though. Do the Blues have a playoff roster for next season? If not, what needs to be added? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I just think that we're uh, just playing a good style that we, we know we can. We're keeping it simple, and I think sometimes simple, getting back to simple is the most effective and um, just not overcomplicating it, and everybody's pushing together in the in the right same direction, and it's going well. That's Colton Pareko following last night's game as the Blues knock off the Red Wings in Detroit. Hey, congratulations to Corey in St. Louis. He's going to go see Snoop Dogg. He had the correct answer to our trivia question today, which was Snoop Dogg did a cooking show with a celebrity that Jamie actually watched a little bit of. I did. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd couple, you yeah, said. Very much. So which celebrity did Snoop Dogg did, do the cooking show with? Correct answer is... Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. She's, She's got as much street cred as Snoop does. I think at this point she does. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Corey, congratulations. <laughs> Hope you enjoy going to see Snoop Dogg. Should be a great uh, concert. But... Getting back to the Blues, you heard Colton Pareko. We talked about the game earlier, Jamie. As of right now, I do you disagree with the fact that the Blues, they to me, they don't have a playoff roster right now. I think you need there's there's some additions that need to be made. Oh yeah. Made. So this off season, how do you at least on paper, how do you get to be a playoff playoff roster? Well, you need you need more you need help up front. Like your your defensive core, theoretically, you have enough there. If everybody plays to capacity, your decor are fine. You found out now that Joel Hofer and Jordan Bennington could make a really good tandem in net. So you're looking at that going, okay, that's a good start. We're building from the net out. Now, of course, we're not thrilled with the the decor, but if they play to potential, all of those guys are really good players. So based on that, you got a good start. Once you get to the forwards, for me, that's where it gets a little interesting because you have a lot of question marks. Can Jordan, Cairo, and Robert Thomas carry this team offensively? One would think that they're kind of doing it right now-ish. Like to see more, but can they continue to do that? And, and you know, over the course of next season in the playoff series in particular – can they battle through some of the top defensive players? Not just defensemen, but players in the National Hockey League. You've got good leadership in Braden Shen. You've got good leadership in Brandon Saad. Uh, Sammy Blay, Kapanen, and Verona. I'm going to put them all in the same category, as well as Jake Neighbors. To be determined. You don't know. What version of Sammy Blay do you have ultimately? I'd like to think that this version of Sammy Blay is what we're going to have for next year. But will Sammy Blay get the ice time that he's getting now if you make some roster adjustments or improvements to this current club. Will he be a third liner? Will he be a fourth liner? He's not going to play in the top six. Probably not. So for me, it, it com- becomes a question of what do you go get in the offseason? Because what you have currently, you're going to have Kapanen, you're going to have Verana, Sammy Blay, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Jake Neighbors, D- Brandon Saad. So that's eight guys that you have for sure 
on your roster. And if we dive into it further, Torpchenko, he'll be back. Chief loves him. Army loves him. So that's nine. So now you have three lines that are complete. Is Walker back? Does Walker push you, you know, over the goal line as far as playoffs are concerned? I think he's a great depth piece, but I don't think that's a player that you're like, you hang your hat on him or any of the fourth liners for that matter. They should be a nice accent piece to your team. They should have maybe be an identity line. But I just don't think right now the Blues have enough to be a playoff team. Who do you think has the talent and will have the opportunity to make the biggest jump from where they are right now to next season? Because you're right, they're going to have to rely on some of these some of these young players. They're going to have to rely on some youth to help bridge the gap to where they are now cap-wise to where they could be a year from now, two years from now. So who has the opportunity and the talent to make the biggest jump? If you just pick one guy. Yeah, uh, it's tough because I feel like Jake Neighbors has already taken that jump. You know, like he's getting opportunity to play in the NHL. And last game he was supposed to get an opportunity to play on the top line. He was slotted in to play with Thomas and Cairo. And in talking to Craig Berube about it, and again, we'll talk to Chief at 4.15 coming up here. Um, But Chief just basically said, look, I wanted a straight line player, be with these guys, and to be determined if ultimately it works. But again, we got to find out what we have here. I think at the end of the day, Jake Neighbors is a third line left winger that could play up your lineup when need be. I think he's a power play guy for a net front presence. I think he's more than willing to go there in battle. I think ultimately Jake Neighbors is a 20 goal scorer, but not a 30 goal scorer. So I guess my point is right now you have a ton of third line players. You need some elite to come in here. And now is that elite through the process of a Jimmy Snuggerud coming in? A Zachary Bolduke? I don't know if those guys fit the bill either. Jimmy Snuggerud high end is probably a top nine forward. Zach Bolduke, maybe a top nine forward. You see where I'm headed here, right? Like you don't have another guy in your pipeline that is, you know, a dynamic. You don't have a Thomas or a Cairo right now. Could you potentially? Maybe down the road. Like, who knows what Jimmy Snuggerud, he's playing really well this year. He's taking some major steps this season. But can he continue to take those steps? Or at some point, does it plateau? And what does it look like against NHL competition? So that's where I feel like the free agent market is something you're going to have to kick the tires on. But you're not going to have an exorbitant amount of money to spend because you're you're a cap team. You're right there. you got about $7 million. And you got some spots to fill out. you got Torbchenko that's going to need to be re-signed. So you have some things you have to do. Yeah. So in order to do that, I think, again, you're two years away from being a team that's in the conversation as a can't-miss playoff team. But in the meantime, I think Army's going to go look for players like Verona, like Kapanen, the 3 to $4 million range, maybe try to get two of those guys or 2.5 and a $4 million. Like, you got to try and plug the holes in the boat a little bit here, and then you hope that somebody catches fire, that you got a guy that all of a sudden with bigger – minutes plays you know a bigger role on your team there's plenty of guys out there that on teams that are cap heavy right now that if they don't win if those teams don't win they're going to have to liquidate a certain amount of players from their roster and maybe at that point one of those guys becomes available and instead of being a third or a fourth liner on the boston bruins per se uh, it's a top six or a top three guy for you Blues, Ducks, pregame, 8.30 tomorrow night right here on 101 ESPN. Blues Kings pregame, 8.30 on Sunday. We've got Craig Berube coming up at 4.15. But coming up next, the gauntlet next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Four hundred one. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter, and we've got David. David's our latest contestant in the gauntlet. What's up, David? How you doing, boys? We're doing great. First time. First time on the gauntlet. All right, congratulations. Would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or myself today? Well, you know, in the ten minutes I had to think hard about this, <laughs> let me first say that I think the new format is amazing. It's brought out three things about you guys really quick. Andrew Marsh knew nothing about trivia, but he knows a lot about everything else. Jamie knew a lot about everything. And Anthony, you only know football. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> but based on the travel that I've heard, and I think jet lag might be a point, I'm taking on Jamie Rivers. Oh. All right. Ooh. All right, David. Good luck, my man. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. So you, so David has chosen Jamie, who's going to make his way into the cone of silence, and David is going to uh, face the wheel for the category. So if you were to rank, David, your four the four categories, how would you do so? Against Jamie Rivers, anything but hockey. All right, there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. We'll see what you get today. Spin that wheel, Marsh. And here we go. Let's see. Anything but hockey. You should be fine, because you didn't choose me. <laughs> the wheel loves hockey for me. Oh, it's close. Oh, it's close. <laughs> wow, you were real close to getting hockey today. It is baseball, though. Your category is baseball. I mean, you're within... That that was real close. That was almost on the line. This might be the closest it's been. Yeah. All right, so you get baseball I'll today, baseball. David. <laughs> All right, David, as you know, if you want to use the options, no problem. Those questions are worth one point instead of two. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right, David, question number one. What year was the first ever baseball classic? What year was the first ever baseball classic? The World Baseball Classic? Yes, sir. Yep, World okay. Baseball Classic. When I say World Classic, I meant World Baseball Classic. All right. Give me the options. 2002, 2004, 2006. 2004. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. Before Lars Newt Bar wore number 21 for the cards, what other number did he wear? I was hoping you were going to say who else wore 21. Uh, I have no idea. Give me the options. Options are 48, 58, or 68. 48. Final answer. 21. That was Craig, wasn't it? Wasn't it the wrench? It was also 21. He was 21, Craig. Which player, David, who was in the MLB from 2003 to 2019 has played for the most teams in MLB history, having played for 14 different teams? So which player, 14 different teams, 2003 to 2019? I'm sure Jamie's going to need him, so give me the option. <laughs> Fernando Rodney, Edwin Jackson, or Octavio Dotel? Rodney, Jackson, Dotel. Oh, Jackson and Dotel. 
Edwin Jackson. Final All right. answer. All right. Final question. Since 1947, how many Cardinal players have won the NL Rookie of the Year award? All right. I haven't been able to take a shot this whole time, so I'm going to have to think about this and take a shot. You said since when? Since 1947. 47. Hold on, my brain's cooking. Four. Final answer. All right, let's bring back Jamie. How you feeling, David? Totally clueless. <laughs> <laughs> These are tough. These were tough. All right, Jamie's making his way back. Outside my son's uh, preschool, doing this, waiting to go get him. <laughs> <laughs> what time does it got to be out? Four thirty. We're good. Okay, you're good. You got plenty. Of time. He would about. definitely be a distraction in the car, so we're not doing that. And I hear you. <laughs> uh, David is sitting outside his son's preschool right now, waiting waiting for his son to get out of preschool. So, oh boy. All yeah. right, let's giddy up then. <laughs> All right, Jamie, your category today. You're gonna lie to me, but whatever. Is baseball? Is it really? Yep. I'm excited. Question number one, you're Jamie. Lying. What year yep. was the first ever World Baseball Classic? Uh, wow. Give me the options. 2002, 2004, 2006. Uh, 2002, 2004, 2006. I'm going to say 2006. Final answer. Question number two. Before Lars Newtbar wore number 21 for the cards, what other number did he wear? Oh, options. 48, 58, or 68? It's 68. Final answer. Question three, Jamie. This one's a little long, so hang with me. Thank you. Which player who was in Major League Baseball from 2003 to 2019 has played for the most teams in MLB history having played for 14 different teams. Well, this is a real question. Yeah. Options. So, Fernando Rodney, Edwin oh. Jackson, Octavio Dotel. Oh my god. Like I don't care enough about the rest of the baseball world to know this. I care about the Cardinals. Give me the options again. Fernando Rodney, Edwin Jackson, Octavio Dotel. Edwin Jackson. Final answer. <laughs> the disgust on your face is hilarious. I just think he's got a cool name. Since 1947, how many Cardinal players have won the NL Rookie of the Year award? <sighs> Holy crap. Like BT would even struggle with some of these. I think they're pretty difficult. Since 1947, how many Cardinals have won Rookie of the Year? It's probably like a trick question, but the answer's probably zero. What are the options on that one, Andrew? Six, eight, ten. All right, well, it's a good thing I took the options. Since 1947, let's see here. I think there have been... Let's try decades here. I'm going to go six. 
Final answer. Okay. All right, David versus Jamie. Wheel spun baseball today. Oh, it's a tough one, too. What year was the first ever World Baseball Classic? You guys both took the options. David, you went 2004. Jamie, you went 2006. Correct answer is... 2006. Nice job, Jamie. Jamie's got a 1-0 lead over David. Damn, baby. Before Lars Newport wore number 21 for the Cardinals, what other number did he wear? David, you chose 48 with the options. Jamie, you chose 68 with the options. Correct answer is... 68. Jamie's got a 2-0 lead. Uh. Which player who was in Major League Baseball from 2003 to 2019 has played for the most teams in MLB history, having played for 14 different teams? You guys both took the options. You both went with former Cardinal Edwin Jackson. Correct answer is... It's Edwin Jackson. That's right. Edwin Jackson pitched for the Cardinals in 2011. Did as you did pick Octavio him? Dotel. Uh, because of Edwin, Edwin Perez. Perez. Edwin yes, Perez. I literally did. In my head, I was like, oh, let's go with Edwin. Jamie's got a 3-1 lead over David. David did not use the options oh, on this one. baby. Since, since 1947, how many Cardinals players have won the NL Rookie of the Year? David, no options. You went with four. Jamie, <laughs> with the options, you went six. Correct answer is... It's six. Oh! David. I you have chosen, chosen <laughs> You lose! Not today! That's what happens oh, when you mess with baseball guy. What I just saw! Congratulations <laughs> to Jamie, his first ever baseball win in the gauntlet. Oh, nice. I think it's my first ever baseball cat, like, time through, maybe. Hey, I feel bad enough without hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie swept the board today. Use the options correctly. Got yeah. all questions right. Nice job, Jamie. Four to one win. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good job, Ribs. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend, David. All right. Take care. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing today. Nice job, Jamie. Way to go, kid. Well, a couple of those were just process of elimination. Like the rookie of the year, I was like 47, so let's go by decades. Mm-hmm. Probably one guy per decade in the last, you know what I mean? That's smart, like, yeah. Because you're not going to have that many, or else you'd be talking about it all the time. Right. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And then for Lars Newport, I knew it wasn't 48. Right. And I was pretty sure it wasn't 58. Uh-huh. And then I was like, ooh, I could see the six and the eight and the newt and the bar. It was perfect. 68. He owes you one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see what, I see what you did there. Yeah, 48's our guy BT and yeah. Harrison Bader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can eliminate that one. Yeah, nice job. All right, so Jamie beats David today in the gauntlet. We'll have a new gauntlet contestant on Monday. We have Craig Berube coming up next. He's the head coach of your St. Louis Blues. He's going to join us from uh, Anaheim. Anaheim, baby. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Chatting with the Chief with a coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. Brought to you by Fisher Window and Door, your Marvin dealer with showrooms in Brentwood and East Alton, Illinois. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. We're chatting with our guy, the Chief, Greg Ruby, head coach of your Blues here on 101 ESPN. How you doing, Coach? Good, guys. How are you? Good, Chief. How was that flight out to Anaheim? I know you guys were in one. Was it five hours or something? 
Yeah, five hours. Oh. How was how was you the know, meal today? Average. Really? What was it? Um, you could have chicken or pork. And what'd you go with, Coach? Pork. Did you? <laughs> you were unsatisfied too, <laughs> you aren't you? Tell. Oh yeah, I'm always unsatisfied. <laughs> well, now, Chief, <laughs> I've been I've been listening to some of the people around the team discuss some of your. Your patterns, like you get on an all meat and then you go on a vegan route. Like, where are you at right now with your diet? Well, one is I never go on an all vegan ever. Okay, <laughs> but you were doing something yeah. like that, weren't you? I mean i I eat a lot of uh, I eat a lot of meat. I'd say you know I kind of a meat and vegetable guy. Nothing else. All That's right. basically what I do. I want those damn vegetables sneaking onto your plate, right? Yep. <laughs> but, I like, but I, 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 you know, I'm not gonna lie. I like my steak. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, coach, you still owe us a steak dinner. I think is what we talked about a while ago. Yeah. What was that for again? I uh, just being your friend. <laughs> oh, I think. Yeah, we're gonna go to Outback. <laughs> no rules, just right, coach. <laughs> I, th- I think you signed the deal. I think you signed your latest contract, and uh, Jamie and I decided that. That was the perfect time to ask you, you know, to take us out for a, yeah. a nice steak dinner, and you were nice about I it. I got you guys. We'll get out. We'll close this spot. Hey, coach. Um, last you had a you've got you guys have a great opportunity to take a look at your young goaltender. Uh, from your perspective, how has Joel Hofer played? Yeah, I think he's done a real good job. I mean, um, you know, he's been. Kind of put in a tough situation, I'd say, but he's responded really well. I think he's he's been solid all around for me. Um, every game he's played in, he's given us a chance to win. Like you know, last night we we get down a quick two nothing. The first goal is a tough one. It's kind of a, goes off a guy and and between him a little bit, but uh, you know he held the fort there and, and allowed us to get back in the game and. Um, you know, that's just kind of what he's done so far. I think, you know, so far for me, he looks very confident in that, you know, playing that puck really well. Like, he comes out and plays it quick. He makes quick decisions with it, which are good. And, you know, it looks like he's, you know, got a lot of confidence, which rubs off on our team. Yeah, so, Coach, that's the one thing I've really noticed is he he's quiet in the crease. And a lot of young guys – they get up to the NHL and they just want to make the save. They're worried about the first shot and maybe not necessarily the rebound of kicking pucks back into traffic. He's done a great job of managing the rebounds. But to go back to last night, I was really impressed at the way he stayed poised and confident because that could rattle a young guy. You get into Detroit, you give up a couple of early goals, the team at the time not playing their finest, and the young guy could have gotten rattled, but he really didn't. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Like, you know, um, and that's what I was talking about. The other thing is you made a good point about the rebounds. <clears throat> His rebound control is really good um, so far. So that's a big part of it all, rebound control, because there's going to get shot. They're going to get shots through. That's just the bottom line. And then the rebounds, whether there is no rebounds or whether they're kicked in the corner or out of the farm's way, very important. Of course, yeah, Jake Neighbors back in the lineup for a couple of games. 
And you, before Robert Thomas was unable to go last night, you had him slotted into play with, with Thomas and Cairo. You know, what are you looking for from Jake Neighbors? And also, what, like, what do you, his trajectory for you, where is it in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think what, we're, what I'm looking for with that line is just somebody that's going to get in there and afford check and, you know, create loose pucks for, for those guys. And the other thing is he's going to go to the net. He's really good at going to the net. Um, he's And then he's, he's a hounder. So he stays on things. You know, he, he strips people and, and, again, creates second and third opportunities because of that. And it's just his work ethic. I think it, you know, might go well with, you know, a couple guys like that. And my projection on him is like, he's going to get his goals around the net. You know, there's no doubt about that. And that's where he's going to be, whether, you know, it's power play maybe or just five on five. He's going to get his, most of his goals 10 feet around the net. And, you know, I think that he can be a complimentary player for, for a, you know, two skill guys. That, that's what I see him as, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's got potential. He's, he's a very hard worker. He's a smart person. Um, you know, his work ethic is going to make him better. Coach Sammy Blay, we talked about him you know, quite a few times now since he's been back from the New York Rangers, but just watching him play specifically last night and the last couple of games, like he's really done himself some favors here. You know, he's got that high-end skill. He's got the ability to play uh, with the puck. He's got great puck skills, but he's also got that in your face, that smash mouth type mentality where he'd run you over and take the puck just as soon as he'd like to toe drag you. He's played really well for you guys. You know, what What have you been seeing as a coach when you look at this? Because this is like a career year for Sammy. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's still not 100%, you know, from his injury. He's still fighting that a little bit. <clears throat> but you're right. He's found a way to get goals. He's He's been physical and hard. You know, he's hard... You know he's out there. He's going to finish every check. Um, I think sometimes to a fault, he takes himself out of place sometimes, finishing finishing hard on people, and he finishes hard. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like you know he got hit when he hit you, and then like you said, he's got the good puck skills. He's got composure right now with the puck. He's not panicking with it. He's hanging on to it. He's pretty strong with it, and you know he's getting some goals around the net. That's where he's going to score his goals. Is getting around the net. Like last night's a perfect example. You know he goes at the net. There's a rebound and he bangs open the rebound. So coach, talking about a perfect example, and look, you've been asked about this quite a few times this year. But you know, generating more more offense, more pucks to the net, a shooter's mentality. Last night for me was a perfect example of that. Like if you're talking to the guys uh, in the locker room today or tomorrow, whenever you are. Like, you know, Torpchenko just puts a puck on net. The goalie loses sight of it. It goes in. Braden Shen's in front of the net. You get a shot from a non-dangerous area. He has a great deflection. That's a goal. Then Colton Pareko shoots. Sammy Blay gets behind the defender, pops in the rebound. Like, these are situations that, you know, hopefully the guys can learn from. But how do you get them to consistently do it? Yeah, I agree. All three goals came from <clears throat> being at the net screens. Torpo's goal if you go back and look at it, um, Pitlick's right in the high slot screening the goalie, so he couldn't see it. And that's, you know, we've been harping on this stuff for a while about getting to net more. I think we're doing a much better job of it. Um, you know, you just, what you do is you show that them goals tomorrow, you show some other plays 
where guys were at the net. Like, there was a few plays where I saw Buchnevitz there, too. We shot it. Whether, you know, it didn't go in, but, you know, he's at an area where he could deflect a puck or as a rebound or anything like that. So we just keep showing that stuff, keep harping on it. You got to do that stuff, you know, and um, we still got to get more shots. We're not getting enough shots. We've got to get more shots. And the key is puck recoveries, getting the puck recoveries and making a play right away to somebody to shoot it again. That's the key. You know, you're playing fast then. Coach Robert Thomas out last minute yesterday with an illness. Um, you know, any update on him and any update on when Jordan Bennington might get the net again? He's feeling better, Thomas. I talked to him this morning. He's feeling better. I would, I would assume he's a player tomorrow. And, um, you know, it could be that Benner might get the net again tomorrow. So we'll see. We're still thinking about it. So, Coach, our uh, our crack audio team, they've been working behind the scenes here, and we do have audio of when we invited ourselves to dinner with you. So uh, here's that audio. Yeah. All Listen, right. I got you guys all set up. We're going to go to the Hive, and we're going to have a nice meal and a couple Bud Lights. How does that sound? Well, Chief, that there sounded great then. It sounds great now, too. Yeah, so is the Hive. Did I say Hive? Yeah. You said the Hive, Coach. Yep, the Hive. Yeah. Oh, the Hive, yeah. They got a good steak sandwich there. You guys will like that. All right. I'll yeah. take it. I mean, yeah, beggars absolutely. can't be choosers. Yeah. I mean, steak you know, sandwiches. And salary's not what bruise. it used to be, in no. Anthony. So. Yeah. All right, deal. Yeah, we're in, Coach. So after I'm after in. the season. Yeah, I'm in, boys. All right, excellent. Yeah. Well, Coach, we know you're busy. Thanks. We know you're traveling, too. So thanks so much for joining us. Good luck this weekend. We'll chat with you again next week. You got it. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. All right. All right. You, too. Thanks, thanks coach. coach. How many How many players and coaches do you think that we have invited uh, ourselves to dinner with? Oh, a lot of them. I know Chief was one. Was it? It wasn't Cairo. Mm. Who signed a big deal? It was Thomas. Thomas Robert Pareko, Thomas. He signed his extension. Pretty much anybody who's been on these airwaves after they've signed an extension, we've yeah. invited ourselves, and uh, apparently uh, the invites in the mail. Mm. I, you know, I think all of these guys are honorable, and oh, yeah, there's no doubt they're, they're busy, Anthony. They are busy. No, no question. Ish. Um still we want to follow up i feel good about this one though oh yeah like i feel now like chief's gonna take us out for a steak sandwich <laughs> solid steak sandwich yeah. couple of brews i mean that's a bro that's a bro day right there definitely yeah all right what do you think marshy i think a steak sandwich sounds great sounds delightful it sounds great right and there, yeah. we actually invited ourselves uh earlier today when miles michaelis got his extension and we didn't even have him on the show today that's true. That is true. We're yeah. just throwing it out there. And he owes us more he than really, anything. He, he owes you and Jamie. for the boat yeah. and Jamie for the for the nickname. Right. Yeah. Imagine mm-hmm. how we would have performed without the nickname. I feel like what happened there is he hit a lull last year, and when I gave him the nickname that he didn't like, uh-huh. it like boosted it him. fired him he up. He played with a little bit of rage. Yeah. Moose this, he'd say. Like, yeah. Big time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely owes us. That that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Well, Marsh, book Miles Michaelis, and we'll get him on, and we'll tell him all this too. You know, it's like an average advertising firm, guys, or a marketing firm. Just because you don't like what they have to say, you know, from a creative standpoint, you still hired them. You know, totally. Now, Miles Michaelis didn't hire us to come with those names. We just flat out told him what we thought. I think he kind of was wondering, though. Yeah, nonetheless. 
Get a nice dinner here. All right, why don't we uh, why don't we dive back into the Miles Michaelis contract? This is the big local news today. We'll make it a part of our biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Unfortunately, we need a new fade or follow contestant. He has really screwed that up, man. Yeah, Anthony. we did. Jamie had a good thing going, but unfortunately, Jamie wasn't here to save us last week for fade or follow. Jamie is back, though. So if you want to play fade or follow, text in 314-399-9646 to the Air Comfort Service text line. Just text in fade, and you'll have an opportunity to win $50 of FanDuel's money. Marsh, what do we got for biggest question of the day? Yeah, of course, Miles Michaelis signing the two-year extension. Uh, we've gotten text all day long from the Air Comfort Service text line, but this one in particular is from the 919. Can we talk about why Jordan Montgomery hasn't gotten an extension? And uh, basically, how does this all affect what the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals' plans for their starting pitchers next year and beyond? So the reason why Jordan Montgomery, like most likely, has not gotten a contract extension yet from the Cardinals is because his agent is Scott Boris. And Scott Boris' clients typically like to go to market, establish what the market is, and then go from there. So that is, again, most likely the reason that Jordan Montgomery hasn't gotten a deal yet. We've also heard from Matt Holliday, who had Scott Boris as an agent, and I believe his son has Scott Boris as an agent. Boris will do what, you know, like any agent would do, any good agent will do. You're telling him, I want to deal with the Cardinals, make it right? That's what he'll do. But if you're saying, hey, I trust you, then typically Scott Boris is going to have you go to go to market. So that's why Jordan Montgomery doesn't have a deal. Jamie, we talked about this at the start of the show. I read a lot of tweets that said, why would you pay Miles Michaelis ace money? If you're just joining us, maybe you've been in meetings all day, you hop in the car, don't know what's going on with Miles Michaelis. He got a two-year contract extension today from the Cardinals for $40 million. So the average AAV is going to be less than 20 million he gets like a little bit of a raise this this year and then there's some bonuses and everything but the bottom line is the deal is worth 40 million let's just work off the average annual value of 20 million for miles michaelis that isn't ace money believe it or not at one point it may have been but right now it puts you in the chris bassett category the lance lynn category the joe musgrove category that's that's really the category you are at you're in at 20 million mm. justin verlander and max scherzer are making 43.3 million per year that's elite status that's a lot yeah jacob Degrom, who just signed his contract at the rangers this past offseason he's making 37 million per year that's ace money yeah shohei otani before he gets his new deal and he'll shatter this. Oh yeah. But he's making 30 million per year. Rodon, 27 million per year he signed with the Yankees. 20 million is not ace money. And it shouldn't preclude the Cardinals from going after somebody next offseason if somebody's available and they're looking at a legit ace. Yeah, so here's my thoughts. A couple of things um on on Jordan Montgomery. Uh one you know, Jordan Montgomery, he's going to try and boost his value. Like Scott Boris 
One, he wants to get the most money for his client. But right now, Scott Boris and Jordan Montgomery look at a Cardinals lineup that only has two pitchers for next season. Right. So why would you why would you not wait? And if Jordan Montgomery uh, comes out firing this year and halfway through the season, the Cardinals come knocking and go, okay, we'd really like to get this extension done. Right. You probably get a little more money for yourself at that point because you know that they have nothing else per se. They have some young kids, maybe, you know, maybe. But if you're proving yourself to be an efficient number three guy or a number two guy on in that rotation – you know, it might behoove you to just kind of wait a little bit. So Scott Boris, certainly one factor behind it. But no matter who his agent was, if if I was his agent, I'd say just wait because this team doesn't have a full rotation following this season. Yeah. So if you pitch well, odds are they're going to come maybe a little further with what they're willing to pay you because they know what they've got. Yeah, good call. Type thing. Yeah. As far as Miles Michaelis is concerned, I said it earlier. Um, I love this deal for the Cardinals and for Miles Michaelis. One, it's a great payday for anybody. Um, but Miles Michaelis has been steady Eddie out there. He's been really good for this team, specifically last year. You know, it was his first fully healthy season, and he was your guy. He was your workhorse. So I think it's a great deal. Both sides. Too. Yep, I'm with you on that one, Jamie. Jordan Montgomery also, what's his best attribute? He's going to take the ball every five days. He's durable. So if you're Scott Boris, you're saying if this pitcher has a history of getting injured, maybe you're more inclined to take a deal when, you know, one is thrown at you. But Montgomery's likely to pitch a full season, not have any durability issues. So it sets up well for him to go to market next year. We're going to play fade or follow. We're going to wrap things up. We got uh, Sweet 16 action tonight pregame starting at five o'clock first game tips at 5 30 so we got a little sweet 16 games going on right now so again we'll play fade or follow criticisms compliments next we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade, I'll fade. Money, 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 money. Time for Fade or Follow in the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. We have a new contestant this week. It's Jen. What's up, Jen? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You've been watching City SC? I have. I have. All hey, right. Jamie's called those pretty good, doesn't he? Oh, well, we yeah. got our guy Jamie back, and Jamie is back on picking some uh, City SC games. So, Jen, I'm sure you've listened beforehand. You kind of just in- indicated we're going to throw out a pick. You decide to either fade or follow us. Opportunity to win $50 of FanDuel's money if you're correct. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds awesome. All right, Jen. James, so take over. Here's the deal. I'm looking at City SC playing Real Salt Lake. And Real Salt Lake is minus two on the season for their goal differential. St. Louis City SC plus seven. Now, City SC is missing a couple of very valuable players. So ordinarily, I was going to go with a 2 nothing victory, which, which would be the under. Because the over-under is set at two and a half. But okay. because they don't have their full squad... I'm going to say it's a 2-1 to one victory for City SC. It's 
So we're going to go with the over on this one. That's my pick. So would you like to fade us or follow us, Jen? I think I'm going with you guys. Yes! Love it. Excellent. So if City SC... And Real Madrid and Real Madrid. Salt Lake Real Madrid. That would be a tough one. I might have to rearrange my bet at that point, Anthony. (laughs) That'd be a tougher matchup. Real Salt Lake and City SC, they go over two and a half, which means they get to score three or more goals. Jen, you're going to win $50 of FanDuel's money, and then you're going to come back next week with us. Sound good? Sounds awesome, guys. All right. Good luck. Good luck, Jen. Enjoy, Enjoy the weekend. All right, thanks. It's Jen here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you miss any of our show today, make sure you download the podcast. Available at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We talked about why the Miles Michaelis deal is a good one and why they didn't pay ace money, despite the that, that being one of the themes following the announcement today. Talked about the Blues winning last night. Jamie's liking what he sees out of the young goaltender, Joel Holfer. Yeah, I am. So is Craig Berube. Certainly, who we talked to earlier today, Craig Berube. And uh, I went off on Lamar Jackson not having an agent. Yeah, you did, Anthony. You kind of, Well, you kind of went off on Lamar, RG3, uh, RG3 yeah. uh, and Ken Francis. No, I didn't go off on Ken Francis. A little bit. You had mentioned him. Is that Grant Francis's brother? It 100%. might as well be. Yeah. It might as well be. <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's Grant or this guy, either way, I, I, I think Lamar is probably in the same spot he is in terms of his contract. Hey, Jim Irsay, Grant Francis on line two for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Who? Well, I do the uh, I do the gauntlet. Yeah. I do the gauntlet questions for the fast lane. One on ESPN. Oh, I've heard of you. Of course you have, Jim. Yeah. By the way, congrats to Jamie. First uh, baseball gauntlet win. Not only a baseball a, guy. A win. I mean, that was a drubbing. That was a drubbing. Thank Four you. to one today. Nice uh-huh. job, Jamie. Yeah. You know. Way to go, kid. Don't poke the bear. Questions in uh. <laughs> Don't poke the bear. Uh, Criticisms and compliments, I should say. Criticisms and compliments. Where do you got, Marsh? Uh, yeah, we just have a few texts that I, I want to go through. We were just talking about Lamar Jackson. And, of course, Miles Michael is signing the uh, extension today. And, of course, Scott Boris is his agent. And we get a text from the 636. He should fire Boris and represent himself. It seems to work very well. <laughs> Maybe Ken Francis is available <laughs> for Monty. Maybe Grant can do that as well. If he's not running the, uh, the board for the Blues, yeah. Grant would be more than happy to reach out to teams for you. Uh, why not? Uh, we get a text from Lisa, Jamie, Marsh, Anthony. Have a super weekend. Are you guys going to have a super weekend? I had a busy weekend. I had a busy weekend. All Synergy, HockeySkills.com. Got a weekend clinic going on that's sold out. It's awesome. Nice. Yeah, we uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday working on some power skating and stick handling and then right. mix in a couple of blues games i'll be on the broadcast for both of those games 9 30 puck drop too anthony not for the faint of heart no now i didn't get my schedule for synergy hockey skill the coach's schedule yeah it was it's, in the mail i got one it's it's coming are we not, are we not working on clearing it this this week no this isn't the clear it camp okay mm. all right well this let me is, know uh, power skating and stick handling let me know. Camp camp is, uh, we're still working on that. The logistics and you know sure. 
how to draw up the practice plans and effective placement of so, players and things like that. That makes sense. Anthony, yeah. for anyone listening that has not signed up for the Synergy Hockey Skills Camp uh, and they want to be a part of the Clear It Camp, yeah. can you give them basically just a, a little brief explanation of what you do and maybe an example i'd be more than happy to marsh i think the most important aspect of any hockey game is that when the opponent enters uh the defensive zone your defensive zone the most important aspect is to then get the puck out of said zone Mm -hmm. and the only way you're going to do that is if you clear it effectively clear it of course clear the puck out of the defensive zone you want to get it into the neutral zone as quick as quickly as you can we're talking about generating offense yeah. from your defense, okay? So, so you want to clear that puck out of there as quickly I, as possible. I have a question. I'm one of these these players, and for instance, I'm in the defensive zone right now, yeah. and I have the puck, and there's a guy. Clear it! Clear it! <laughs> I don't know what to do clear with it. it. What do I do with it? You got to clear it, yeah. Okay. Uh, what clear I do it. I do in the camp yeah. is I just scream clear it at you okay. while also doing the motion Clear it. Clear it. The clear it motion of, of so clearing the puck. <laughs> what if I have a lot of time and space in the corner and uh, I have my defense partner behind, what, what is it, what is behind the net and no. I, I can reverse it and we can go up the, uh, we're the not, far side boards? We're not, set, we're not the mighty ducks setting up the flying V. I want that puck out of that zone, Marsh. Okay? High and hard off the glass. Come on, man. <laughs> Hey, you see a fast break team in basketball? They're not. They're not setting anything up. They're going. They're going up the court. By the way, uh, the Clear It Camp, uh, and no direct affiliation to Synergy Hockey or <laughs> SynergyHockeySkills.com. Yet you will not find it anywhere on the website. <laughs> Ever, for that matter. I'm going to die when parents are calling. Hey, listen, I, I heard uh, heard you on the radio. My son doesn't clear it that well. Yeah. I'm always yelling the same thing. Uh, when does the clear it camp start? You know what that reminds me of is the uh, the movie Accepted, where they yes. they make their own college, college. the South Harmon Institute of Technology. Yes. <laughs> Anthony's got oh, that's his own. Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Stalter's clear it camp. Exactly. Brought to you by Bishop Sycamore. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing like parents. At some point, going back to you. Damn it, Johnny, clear it! You know, Jamie. Stop get him! I don't understand why my son hasn't gotten any offers yet to play college. He's the best clear it guy ever. <laughs> he, every single time he gets the puck, he always clears it. Clear it! Uh, what a spinoff, Camp. That'd be, uh, that'd be electric. By the way, we get a text from Jen, who was just our fader follow contestant. Uh, thanks again, guys. Ribs, win me some money. I have to send some bourbon in and maybe some canes, depending on how far we go. Ooh, have a we wonderful go. weekend and go STL wow. City. You don't have to do that, but we always No, you don't have to, but if, if we do win you some money, you know, I mean, it's kind of nice to get a little kickback. <laughs> Not bad, you know, especially if it's in a cane sauce. You can have the canes. I'll take the bourbon. What about mixing the bourbon with the cane sauce? Just pour it everywhere? Yeah. I'm in. Something to think about. Sure. Hey, every- Soak them in the bourbon. That's right. Oh, my. Oh, man. Mm. Do they have bourbon, like... They should. Chicken tenders? Yeah. Bo- okay. I, I am so excited right now. I can't speak. I can tell. Yeah. Everybody have a great weekend. You've, you've got Sweet 16 action coming up right now. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. See ya! 
You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.